0: You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast, straight into Episode 2 for the fourth season of Lego Masters Australia. Uh, this was our classic smash class, classic smash episode. That's an unexpected tongue twister. Zoe, so, what did you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually really liked it because... Like, it made sense that, like, the vehicles would smash into something at the end. So the premise of this was, like, the vehicles go up a ramp. They are launched up. There's not, They don't, like, need a motor or anything, which I originally thought they would. They then go through a ring of fire. They go over nine school buses, which they said was about five metres long, which is crazy. And then they smash on the ground, and all
0: of that's obviously filmed in slow-mo. I wish they had done – okay, this is something I wanted to bring up yesterday Mm -hmm. on the podcast – Do you remember, I'm pretty sure it was only season one, they had like, I might get the brand wrong, but there was like the Hyundai brick counter. Yes. And it said like, you know, approximately 100,000 bricks used from all the teams in this build, something like that. I remember. I wish they had a similar thing for like the speed of the cars. Oh, yeah. Or at least just give us, oh, the launcher goes at, you know, 50 k's an hour or whatever, just to get a sense of scale. But I thought it was a cool, fun way to... Give a little twist to the old Rooney episode.
1: Yeah, I agree. I actually kind of wish they would bring back that brick counter because I always found that
0: really interesting. Also, another thing we mentioned last episode was that we were hoping there'd be some sort of advantage that still existed. We have the titanium brick and we were looking to see how that was going to go. And I'm pleased that they did kind of have an advantage thing. It was only a small one, but I thought it was fun. So Joss and Henry basically got to pick which minifigure each of the teams got and that dictated the theme of each of the team's build so they could kind of try and strategically place the minifigs that way i like that it was a pretty gentle advantage and kind of a fun advantage but i do hope we have some slightly more serious advantages nothing too crazy but some slightly more serious advantages in the future episodes.
1: Yeah, I really liked it. I think at this stage of the competition, it probably doesn't impact people too much because those teams are just getting to know each other as well. Whereas if this is an advantage like in six episodes' time, I think it would be used quite differently because everyone will be a bit more familiar with what each team's strengths are. Yeah. Let's jump straight into the builds. So Andrew and Crystal, they got the cowgirl and their idea was the bucking burrito, like instead of a mechanical bull. And originally their burrito was set up inside a restaurant. Then Hamish came around and kind of reminded them that it needed to be a vehicle. And so they had to do a bit of chopping and changing. They ended up shifting to a food truck, which I think was great. I thought that was a smart move. Here's my question though. Couldn't they have just put the restaurant on wheels? Because when Hamish first said it, I was like, yeah, true, a restaurant isn't a vehicle. But then they went around to all the other teams and half of them didn't have things that were typically a vehicle. Like a rubber chicken isn't a vehicle. A corn cob isn't a vehicle. They just put it on wheels to make it a vehicle. So couldn't they have just put the restaurant on wheels?
0: Yeah, and like they did have the restaurant on wheels because the end result was that build that had like the two different sets of wheels because some of them were left in the previous build, which I didn't fully understand. And I assume there was some behind the scenes stuff there that we didn't get to see. But I was kind of like, hell yeah. Like if we're going to build weird... Vehicles. I love the idea of like a restaurant being a vehicle. I thought that was actually a really cool idea. So, yeah. A little bit confused by that there. Yeah, me too. And then I was also like, why do not they just only have the burrito? But I guess maybe it was too small for like the six hours worth and they didn't have a, there wouldn't be enough of an explosion with it. But yeah, I fully yeah, agree. Yeah, that's you.
1: so true. The other thing you brought up the wheels that they had, how they had two sets of wheels, one being brought over from how they started the build. And Andrew was saying that that's what he built the mechanism on so that the burrito would spin when it was moving. Mm. Did you see the burrito spinning? I didn't Didn't know if it was just the camera angle and like it was going fast or what, but I didn't see it move. And they didn't seem to talk about it.
0: My assumption from that was that there was a mechanism where like as it got pushed up the ramp, the wheels would cause the burrito to turn slowly or something. And yeah, I don't know if we just didn't see it or if you sort of had to take out half the mechanism when they adapted it to the truck version. Yeah. I don't really know, but... I thought the truck did look good as well.
1: Yeah, I thought the Smash looked really good as well. Like they had a lot of contrasting colours, so the truck was like that sort of beigey, neutral colour, but then the inside was like all the food ingredients. There was a lot of like reds and greens, and I thought that looked great when it smashed.
0: For sure. Great work, guys. Let's
1: jump to Nick and Jean who got the unicorn, and they created the Weekend Ride, which was like this big souped-up motorbike with chrome pipes, and that all juxtaposed this
0: sweet little unicorn
1: figure. I honestly love this. I thought it was great.
0: I love that we had like Mad Max cross unicorn. That's something we've never had on Lego. Yeah. As soon as I saw the direction they were going, I was like, hell yeah. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I like it.
1: (laughs) I did note that Gene said he really loves vehicles. Um, He's into his, his cars and whatnot. So I'm keen to see if he gets to use that skill at any other time during the competition or if that comes up again, but noted for future challenges. We'll go to Alex and Caleb who got the pilot. These guys, we saw like nothing of them this episode, so (laughs) I don't have too much to say, but they did the flying contraption shack vibes build, which was really fun. Theirs like exploded in the air as it was flying through, which I I have to assume maybe wasn't intended, but I thought it looked cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, it got real messed up by the launcher, but I, I really liked it. Like, we've had a couple of crazy inventor builds mm. before, and I think that's a really fun theme because it's not too constricting. Like, they're not all going to look the same, yeah. but it's a really good way to have heaps of crazy Lego things going on, I guess.
1: All right, we will go to Trent and Paul, who came fourth. They had the Corn Man, and they built the Cobmobile. They'd never made a vehicle before, and I honestly think they did a really
0: great job. Honestly, I was kind of worried it would be too well-built to smash, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it looked so solid and so, like, well-constructed. But, no, it blew up totally fine. And it looked great, too.
1: All the minifig heads inside, like, as the corn kernels, was cute. Very effective, I thought.
0: Yeah, and I liked that it. it was just, like, a green-yellow color combo. Like, it wasn't a splattering of every single color. Yeah. I think we've talked about this in previous Smash episodes where sometimes focusing on only one or two colors works out really, really well. And I think yeah. that was great for them.
1: I'd like to just pause here to talk about the scoring <laughs> because, like I said, these guys came fourth. They had a score of 7.6 out of 10. I love Brickman, utmost respect for
0: Brickman, but I strongly disagree. Uh, honestly, I thought the scores were kind of whack and I also feel like as soon as they introduced the idea of scores being like Brickman's gives you out of 10 and then Hamish maybe adds plus one, mm. instantly I was like, oh, they're going to use the plus one to determine the winner. They'll give it like a tie or do what they ended up doing. And use the plus one. And that just felt like a little like, obviously, we know it's a reality show. And there's obviously it's going to be manufactured. But it felt like a little too manufactured, even by TV standards.
1: Yeah. It, and it felt weird because, so, Trend of Paul came fourth. They got 7.6. Henry and Joss came third on 7.8. And then Lexi and Rachel only got 7.9 from Brickman. And Daniel and Kirsty got 8.8, which is quite a jump. From all the others, oh, for sure, yeah. But then that one point from Hamish bumped up Lexi and Rachel, so they they won. But I just I just disagree. Like <laughs> I I feel like the scoring was just a bit like all over the place. And not to say that I think Daniel and Christy did a bad job or that they had a bad build. We'll we'll get into theirs. I actually really liked it. But Brickman was going to award them the win, and there's like there's hit a bus and like fell short. And and so in my mind, I'm like, I kind of didn't even think they would be in the top teams because I thought hitting one of the buses would automatically deduct points.
0: I was a bit unclear on that as well because I thought it looked really cool when it hit the bus. But yes, I also thought it would maybe disqualify in some way. The way they were talking about it was that as if it was a really bad thing. Like I thought the criteria was that they had to clear the buses. Was it not? (laughs)
1: like
0: why were the buses there then yeah i just for show which i'm also fine with but i feel like they made a deal out of yeah. clearing, clearing the buses and also the burrito Um, also didn't clear the buses, but they didn't really seem to care. In fact, I'm pretty sure Brickman said it looked good. Yeah. So it was all just a bit fake. And then even the the points in general, he was definitely just making up numbers for fake TV drama. (laughs) Which like, again, I know it's literally a TV show, but it it just wasn't in the, the style that I think we've become used to with Lego Masters.
1: Yeah, it was just all a bit weird. So with that said, we'll go to Branko and Max, who I actually thought should have been in the top three or four. These guys were one of my favorites. I just thought it was like... Really interesting. And, again, they did not a vehicle, like a pizza delivery box on wheels. Yeah. But I just thought it was done really well. Like, they had the pizza pieces full of loose bricks. They had the bulk of it as, like, that white color so that when it exploded, the um, pizza color was really bright and contrasting, like – I just thought they did such a good job. And I was like, why aren't they being recognized?
0: I love the way some of the pizza pieces fell out really early, but not all of them did. And I love that they've just been a fun team to watch. Like the editors have left in a lot of footage of them sort of half mucking around, which I'm sure the other teams have also been doing. We just haven't had a chance to see it. Pizza Box, as you said, very creative, very fun. No more weird than a restaurant, but sure. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I also just loved Branko, like, constantly wanting to throw it on the ground. And Max being like,
0: (laughs) no, I just spent like three hours
1: building that. And he's like, let's throw it. (laughs) All right, we'll go to Henry and Joss who came third. Like we mentioned, they had the witch and they had the pumpkin ride hollowed out with candy inside. Fun Halloween vibes.
0: I like that they didn't go for like a traditional vehicle shape, which is like a big Mm -hmm. old pot full of things to scatter everywhere. Very smart. Um I initially thought they wanted the witch because they wanted to do like a broomstick or something. That's what I Pumpkin's thought. Yeah. Really smart as well, yeah.
1: I was kind of surprised that it made it, like it made the jump because <laughs> they just kept talking about how heavy it was. Joss was like, yeah, this like I'm hoping that weight helps in this situation and then it's like cut to Brickman being like these things really need to be light and aerodynamic. But um yeah, I thought they did a good job.
0: And I'm not a physicist, but I think Brickman's wrong. I don't think that makes sense. Oh really? Well, like in that, the thing propelling them is like pretty strong, I think. And so I think if there's more weight, that's just going to give it more inertia as opposed to like slowing down the ramp thingy. Right. I think weight wasn't a huge, huge concern within reason, obviously. But like, you know, just because I think the launcher was like super, super strong. Yeah, it seemed. Whereas like the chicken thing was quite long and that's what made it hit the buses.
1: Yeah, I think it was the the size more with that one. Yeah. Let's jump into Daniel and Kirstie while we're talking about it. So they did the rubber chicken... Hot rod thing. Very fun. They said it was like a meter long.
0: That's huge. Yeah, was it though? I'm not like it. It's hard to tell on TV, but it it didn't really look like it was a meter. Like it looked big and it looked great and I liked it, but a meter is is a big thing.
1: Well, I thought it would like maybe half a metre, but probably less. But then they did have like a wider shot of it sitting on the table with Brickman and Hamish standing next to it. And I was like, all right, that could be a metre. Yeah, sure. If so,
0: that's crazy. And that makes sense as to then why it did crash into one of the buses.
1: Yeah. So I kind of thought immediately when they started picking the teams to come up that... They would put these guys last because they were worried it would smash one of the buses, and it obviously did. (laughs) It also kind of went sideways when it launched, so I wonder if that was to do with the weight or if they maybe didn't line it up straight on the ramp.
0: And then Brickman loved the fact that it went sideways, which I thought was a bit confusing because, like, I thought part of the criteria was about how well it launched, but then he was like, oh, I love that it went sideways. Yeah, very confusing. I think
1: aside from all the like question marks about the judging criteria, theirs was really cool. I love that they had like the – they made the little eggs inside so when it smashed
0: you could see those. They're obviously very talented. I've just pulled up a picture of it again. Mm -hmm. It does look quite long (laughs) um, and there is a little tail sort of sticking out the back which is quite thin but looks like it adds another 10 centimetres or even more. So maybe it's one of those things where like the bulk of Mm. it is like 78 centimetres but then all up it's yeah, an appearance okay. So yeah, I do kind of believe it. It does look it does look really good.
1: And lastly we have Alexi and Rachel who were our winners. They got an extra point from Hamish for Going the furthest. They got the Rocketman minifig and they did Elton John playing the piano, which I loved as a big Elton John fan. I thought it was really,
0: (laughs) really cute and like just a lovely original idea. I thought it was good that first episode seemed like it was a very Lexi driven idea and this seemed like it was a bit more Rachel driven. I really like that we got to see both of them now across the two episodes. Yeah. And yeah, I thought it was good and colorful. I don't know if I would have picked it as. My favorite personally. I actually wrote down that it was my
1: favorite explosion specifically because okay. yeah. because it stayed level and it landed flat and then they had like all the orange inside that contrasted all the white, whereas a lot of the other ones, and maybe it's just me being super picky, <laughs> but a lot of the other ones... When they landed, they were, like, upside down or sideways, and I feel like that kind of killed the magic a little bit for me.
0: Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, I know Brickman said that he really liked the way it looks coming through the hoop, but he then also liked the ones that came straight. So look, I guess, pros and cons of being straight ahead and pros and cons of not being straight ahead as well.
1: Okay, so the next episode is based around a jukebox and the idea is that it spits out a record and the teams have to build the song. So they had examples like "Stairway to Heaven and Heard It Through the Grapevine. And this is when Delta arrives. And can I just say... We said, I reckon when Delta comes, it's going to be a music themed build.
0: You said that. Give yourself some credit. I'm pretty sure I said no. so (laughs) I will take none of that credit. Thoughts, feelings, predictions for the episode though.
1: I really like the premise of it. Like I think it's an interesting theme. I'm just so curious to see Delta's involvement. Like how much does she know about Lego? Or would this be like you and I coming in? with, like, no Lego experience, (laughs) and we're just going off looks. I kind of wouldn't mind if she, maybe similar to this episode, Hamish got, like, one point to give. I wouldn't mind if Delta had some sort of say in it.
0: I am a little worried, though, because the challenge will be for them to build the song that they get from the jukebox, and that's the sort of thing that's led to, like vague criteria in the judging and that sort of thing before. Mm. So I'm a little concerned for some of the teams that maybe have an idea that they really like and execute and then get told that it doesn't quite fit the brief or something. I don't know. I'm just nervous that we're going to see a lot of like build restarts.
1: Yeah, hopefully they make the criteria super clear at the start. And hopefully <laughs> everyone knows the songs that they've given. Oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it seemed like most of them have quite obvious titles, but...
0: Let's just hope. Well, hopefully Lexi doesn't get an Elton John song. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if, if you want to and chuck us a rating on the podcast app or whatever you do. I don't know what podcasters say, something like that.
1: Make sure you're following us on Instagram at LEGO Masters underscore deconstructed and on Twitter at LMDThePod. We post fun stuff there and you can message us if you have any questions or just want to chat.
0: Honestly, yeah, we're here to help you, loyal (laughs) podcast listeners. So any cues, we'll try and give you some A's, but obviously no guarantees because we don't really know anything. We've seen the same show that you have. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye.